If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well, we need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Welcome to the Portrait on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grun. This is where we get back to basics. We examine the Word of God. We follow the example of the Book of Acts Church. We stick to the red-letter basics. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. And by doing so, we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. And I must say the ineffective one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. Porch was created as an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit, since January of 2000 on solomonsporch.org as that website. FirefallTalkRadio.com is the, the website for Firefall Talk Radio, which would make sense as to why we call it FirefallTalkRadio.com. If you have any questions, visit the site, use the contact button. There's ways to support us at the bottom of the page. You can use the PayPal link, or you could use the Venmo app and send it to at Firefall Media Group, capital F-I-R-E-F-A-L-L, capital M-E-D-I-A, capital G-R-O-U-P, all one word. It's easier, it's more user-friendly, it's less fees, but whichever works for you, we appreciate each and every one of you that do support our efforts. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site of Firefall Talk Radio. It is the main address, Spreaker.com, forward slash user, forward slash Firefall Talk Radio. It's the only place you can hear us live. All the shows are archived. You can download, listen later. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And uh, thank you to each and every one of you that do. Told you last week, Overwatch is going through a refining period. We're trying to find the show that the Lord wants. Seems like this latest effort, which has taken a lot of work and probably been some of the best investigative um, efforts we've made, just seems to be, doesn't be catching on. There doesn't seem to be uh, um, an interest. That's why we haven't been on trying to figure that out. When we do, we'll let you know. But if you are subscribed, you never know. Something may just pop up um, where we might be doing something. So go to Facebook.com, Supernatural Response Team, or Facebook.com, Firefall Talk Radio. Keep track of what we're doing. We would like your input on Overwatch. If you were a listener of Reflections in the Dark, 
during its nine-year history. Let us know. Let us give us your input. Use the Facebook page or supernaturalresponse.net to contact us. I also need a response as to some of the things I've offered over the last couple of weeks. I tell you, it's been a little disappointing. There is no interaction. There is no response to anything. Whether you want to communicate with others for fellowship or prayer and edification, uh, whether you want some kind of a forum or uh, Google Hangouts or something to interact with people, let us know if you if you want it, if you're willing to use it, maybe even support it if it costs us anything. Fourth of July this weekend, be safe, but make sure you remember to say a prayer for America. We need it. Feast of Trumpets, September 19th, Day of Atonement. September 28th, and the Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th. All important dates. Now, as Noah said, I wasn't going to do praise reports and prayer requests, but a couple have come in, and I'm going to share them with you. Stacy in Texas, her husband, Neil, her husband Neil's grandmother passed away. So prayers for them and their travel to Alabama. Kim in Fort Mitchell wrote me, and if You've been following us for a while. You know, Kim has been pretty diligent each week with the praise report and a prayer request. And she wrote me yesterday and said it just doesn't feel right for me not to put in a prayer request. It's just the way I feel. I've been doing it for so long, and I feel disconnected from the community not doing it. We live so far apart, and to me it was always a nice way to stay connected. I like to know what exactly to pray for. She said, that's just my humble opinion, but you have to do what you feel led to do. And as I said to her, she seems to be the only one who feels that way. If anyone else feels likewise and has some input, please make the effort to reach out and let me know. I know a lot of you listen. I know a lot of you are drive-by listeners. And I'm going to say something here I don't normally say. I also know a lot of you are getting fed here on the porch, and you are sending your blessing elsewhere. That doesn't bother me as much as, um, what's the word? I'll just say it, feeling like the amount of work we put in here for what we do on the porch and even Overwatch has become so common it's been taken for granted. Let us know. But as always... I won't speak, I won't preach, I won't go anywhere um, and do anything publicly without praising the Lord. So I praise Him. Praise Him for my home. Praise Him for my wife of 40 years. Praise Him for my family, two sons who I'm proud of, daughter-in-laws who are a part of our family, uh, not just by marriage but by love and heart, a grandson who I adore. My wife calls him my mini-me. Our furry kids, some of you call them pets, And everything the Lord has given me, all this technology, everything, this room, I am blessed. We are blessed. I praise him for his protection over us, for the ministry he allows me to work, for the dreams and the visions which have been really consistent lately. I praise him for his healing virtues, not just for me, but for all of you. I praise him that we can praise him in every situation for everything. I praise him for his favor and revelation, for being a new creation and living in these prophetic times. Even when it gets rough, I am excited that he's getting ready to return and he's showing us that. But until then, I praise him for America, 
and I praise him that we are one family, brothers and sisters, with one Abba Father. My prayer is always at first for the Middle East, for Israel, and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Um, my prayer is for America, its leaders, and its citizens, all of them at this time. I pray that those who have been manipulated by the powers of darkness would have their eyes opened. I pray that those who know how to pray would begin to push back and intercede as we are in the spiritual fight of our life. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice, for the slaughter of the innocents, mixing and exploited children, the victims of human sex trafficking. Come on with this sex trafficking and what the enemy's getting away with. I pray that it would be exposed, every hidden thing would be revealed, and anybody participating in that demonic activity would be brought to justice. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith right now in China. Our brothers and sisters are having their fellowship, places of fellowship destroyed, their lives destroyed. Some are being put into prison camps. Some are being put to death. The religious persecution and the anti-Semitism, which we know is the spirit of the Antichrist, it's bolder and bolder. The anarchy we're seeing in the street, it's the enemy. 1 John 4.3, he said the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming, is already in the world. Well, right now, it's in the world, it's out and about, it's arrogant, it doesn't care that you know. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. Come on, we need it. We need to pray together. We need to pray for one another. Pray for my wife, Deb, to have complete and total healing in those areas that need it. I pray for each and every one of you that are struggling. If you're sick, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, be healed. For divine protection, that Psalm 91 covering, to always be in effect. For the inspiration, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit to inspire us and guide us. For this remnant that I've been speaking to for since last summer, to wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, then be a blessing. If you know people who've been blessed, tell them to be a blessing. Tell them who we are. Give them the website. Give them my name. Tell them where to find me. No, I'm serious. If you know somebody that's been blessed, we're looking for some big, big blessings. And if you hear of it, say, hey, I know where you can send your tithe to. We're going to prosper in accordance with this word. We're going to do what we've been called to do. The open conduits to fund the dreams, the visions, the mission, the documentary, everything that SRT, Firefall, and the Porch has been called to do in these times. To shine the light of the gospel into the darkness, expose what the enemy's doing, set the captives free, tear down strongholds, close portals, and let the gospel go forth. Continue to pray in divine favor for these legal matters that just won't go away for my family and I and for always, always, always for our lost family members. Father, we cry out for our lost family members. We ask that you would see them, that you would send somebody to them, that you would come to them in dreams and visions, that you would send ministering spirits of your angels to go to them. Lord, we know that you're stalling. You don't want anybody to perish. But we desire to see you. We desire to see you face to face. We desire to be out of this fallen world 
and free of the fallen world system. But until you do, we pray. We praise you. We thank you. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for Yeshua. Lord, we thank you for what you did for us. The blood, the empty tomb, the upper room, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the favor that comes with knowing you to be the head, not the tail, to be above and not beneath, to be the lender, and not the borrower. That's what we seek. That's what we desire. We seek to glorify you and function within the kingdom of God, not within a fallen world system, not bound to that system. Set us free of Egypt. Set us free of anything that has entangled us. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to open our eyes. We need you to melt our hearts. We need you to set us free of all bondage, afflictions, illnesses, disease, anything that this world or our bloodlines or we have done to ourselves. We pray healing right now. We pray deliverance right now. Prepare us to receive this word. We clear our minds. We clear our hearts, souls, and spirit to receive, to believe, and to walk in the fullness of your freedom. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're going to finish up the kingdom life in our look at 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 18. As I've said, my goal with the porch has always been to prepare you, to be a part of the remnant, to be functional and useful in the kingdom of God, to walk in the fullness of the blessing and the anointing of your relationship with him as a child of God. But you need to learn this now. You need to apply it now. Some of you have been just a little too casual, and now all of a sudden the spiritual proverbial stuff has hit the fan, and you're, well, what do I do now, and how do I pray? And I'm like, well, haven't you been paying attention? All the Bible studies, the book, the seminars, all the things I post, and and I'm, I'm confused. We've been building a kingdom with no distinctions. We've been... Establishing a mindset that has no restrictions because it's totally based on the kingdom of God, not based on religion, not based on denominationalism, not based on any man-made thing. By this point, you should understand that you are naturally supernatural. You were created to be a, a cohesive unit, naturally supernatural, naturally spiritual. And to walk in the kingdom of God lifestyle, you must understand that, but you must understand it's not going to be easy. There are going to be struggles. There are going to be challenges, but it's worth it. So go with me to 2 Corinthians 4. I'll read the 18, uh, for 1 through 18 again, and then we'll pick it up where we left off. 
Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing. Hasatan Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Messiah, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, is Lord. He is Adonai, and we ourselves are your servants for his sake. For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus, the Messiah. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Yeshua, so that the life of Yeshua may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Yeshua, so that the life of Yeshua will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who has raised the Lord Jesus, Adonai Yeshua, will also raise us with Yeshua and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, There will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. See, in this chapter, Paul's stating the consequences, the results of being called to this ministry, and the fact that it was designed to magnify the ministry, magnify the Lord and not the person, to show the sustaining power of the truths that they were preaching so that the Corinthians, the church in Corinth, would understand and would would give them favor, but would be able to comfort them in the trials that they have as, as ministers to the gospel. In verse 8, he says, we're hard-pressed, they're afflicted. In the Greek, that means 
like it says in seven, or Second Corinthians seven five. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our body had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. So every side means inside and outside. Remember, I've said to you, this walk, this relationship, this life is an inside-out life. The power of the Holy Spirit is inside out. Stop praying about it as if it's something external. Stop praying about it as if it's a momentary thing that drops from the throne room. It's inside of you. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. You know, that sounds like the church in China. That sounds like Christians everywhere who are being persecuted. They're being hunted down, but they've never been abandoned by their Heavenly Father. They've been knocked down, but they're not destroyed. See, Paul was talking about himself, but this isn't just about being an apostle. This isn't just about being a minister of the gospel. This really is about living in a fallen world with a message the fallen world does not want. He was pushed into a narrow and a tight space. But he wasn't at a loss. He wasn't crushed. You know, I said to you last week, and it resonated with me again today, with everything that's been going on in the world, especially in America and in my prayer time. Stuff's going to happen. Bad things happen to good people in a fallen world. This is not our home. That's why we call it warfare. Ephesians 6.12, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But I could add to that all of those supernatural things are sometimes encased in human bodies. They have human counterparts. They have servants in this world. So we are at times fighting an enemy that is both natural and supernatural, but the primary target of our warfare are the spirits behind the chaos, the spirits behind the destruction, the spirits inside those people. When will the church wake up? I see a lot of people on uh, YouTube and on social media, and I appreciate each and every one of you that send me videos, but I will tell you, for the most part, 99% of them I don't watch. And here's why. One, the Lord's already told me, what's going on. Two, I don't want to taint what he's told me by subconsciously absorbing somebody else's message. I'm very conscious of plagiarism. I'm very conscious of giving a message that wasn't given to me. But there's a lot going on in the world right now, and the church is not responding to it properly. Many are telling you to get guns and to defend yourself and to bolts on the door and cameras outside and stock up on food. And while all of that may have its place, I don't disagree with it. But that's not where you start. 
You start spiritually, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to pray? I tell you, my fellow SRT members, Larry, we pray almost every day. We come into his presence. We see what he wants to talk about, what he wants to pray about. We have been given all authority in heaven and earth, and we must apply it. Do I believe that some of those things may spill over into the natural? Yes, I do. But the Lord's been telling me that for a long time, and I think I'm either going to do a teaching on it or a video or something to remind everybody of what I've been saying since 2010, which we're seeing now. But Yeshua's power and authority that he has delegated to us transcends all rival power and authority, whether it's human or spiritual, whether it's in this age or the coming age. First Peter 3.22, that Yeshua has gone up into heaven is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Well, if we are sitting with him in the heavenly places, should we not be applying that authority? Should we not be speaking it out? Should we not cast aside fear of what somebody's going to think? And maybe in a public setting, maybe in a setting where something's gotten out of hand, just look at it and say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, peace be still, shut up, don't move. I've shared in the book, The Supernatural Battle, I've shared it here of all the times. I've done that in public, whether having a a wild, crazy dog coming at me and commanding it to stop and watching it like it hit a wall and gets stunned and t- turn and run away. If ever there was a time for the church to wake up, it's now. Verse 13 gives us another thing we need to do. He says, therefore I spoke. Yet we have the same spirit of faith As he who wrote, I have believed, and therefore I have spoken. We too believe, and therefore we speak. Paul was quoting Psalm 116, verse 10. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. Paul was saying he was willing to risk his life for the gospel. His belief in the gospel and the message and the person who the message is about Jesus of Nazareth, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, compelled him that he had to tell others either at the, even at the risk of his life. That reminded me of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, verse 9 of chapter 20. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. He was saying, in my mind, in my heart, there's a burning fire. It's shut up in my bones. I'm weary of enduring. I'm weary of holding it in. I can't contain it any longer. I must speak in his name. I'll tell you as I watch what's going on in the world. As I watch 10 years worth of Bible studies and podcasts, whether it's Reflections in the Dark or Overwatch Come True, and I see how many people, the thousands of people that were listening, 
either not paying attention or hearing the exact same message from other people and reacting like it's the first time they've heard it. I still can't shut up. I'm weary of holding it in. I'm weary of refraining. I'm weary of not speaking in his name. That's what Jeremiah was saying. He couldn't hold the divine message in any longer. He didn't matter what it would cost him. His word, the word of the Lord, the, the prophetic word, was like a fire in his heart and his bones. And unless it was released, he felt like he would die. And unlike the heart of the people, Jeremiah's mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual life was overwhelmed by the word of God, by, the, by his will and his love for his people. And that reminded me today of a scripture that at first seemed out of place, but I got what the Lord was saying. Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will, we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. We have to stand. You know, the enemy flourishes when the church is silent. The enemy flourishes when the church is speaking about all the wrong things. We must speak his word and nothing else, no matter what. We must trust him to do what he needs to do with that word. Isaiah 46, 10 and 11. This is the Lord speaking. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. His word will go forth. It will accomplish it. He's outside of time. When he says to you, I'm declaring the end from the beginning, things not yet done. Well, how can that be, Lord? Because he's already seen it happen. We haven't experienced it yet, but it's already been done. You must trust the Lord. You must trust the word of the Lord. If he's given you a dream or a vision, you must believe it. You must believe Isaiah 55, 8 through 12, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but the water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but shall accomplish what I please." It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it, says the Lord. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth in singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. 
When you move within the will of God, when you move in the Spirit of God, when you are moving in and on His Word, the natural elements are subject to you. You are reactive with the universe on a quantum level. And I know for some of you that just goes right over the top of your head. But He's outside of time. He is time itself. He holds the universe together by his very nature, by the sound of his voice. The divine origin and character of God's word, it's not some magical power. It's not some name it and claim it hocus pocus. It's just been declared and decreed. It shall accomplish what it says. That's why when we speak to things, not as they are, but as they should be, in accordance with his word, his will for our life, then we must believe it's going to happen. I do. My weakness is not my belief. My weakness is in the weariness of waiting for it. Hebrews 4.12 reminds us that the word of God is living and it's powerful And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If we were so filled with the Word, if we were so filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, if we were so filled with Him and His nature, no matter what the situation, no matter where it was, no matter who we were standing before, what we said in accordance with His Word would happen. That's why SRT is so effective. That's why I've been so blessed in his ministry, because I believe that what I say will happen because it's his will and it's his word. It doesn't matter what stands before me. It doesn't. No matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how old, maybe it's one of the original ones spoken into existence who fell with Hasatan. Maybe it's the, the offspring of the firstborn offspring of a fallen watcher. I don't care. Maybe it's an outside a human case. Don't care. It will do what I tell it to do in the name of Yeshua. It will bend its knee. It will obey. Now, I may have to wrestle with it. I may have to subject it. But I guarantee you, when I'm done, in the name of the glory of the Lord, it's defeated. But you know why? Here's what I believe, Romans 8, 10, and 11. That Messiah lives within me. So that even though my body will die, the Spirit gives me life because it has made me right with God. That the same Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, the creative power of Almighty God who raised Yeshua from the dead lives in me, lives in you. And just as God raised Messiah Yeshua from the dead, sent that Spirit into that broken human body, caused that quantum signature across the universe to echo and resurrected him from the dead, I believe it gives life, it quickens our mortal body, that by the same Spirit living within me, we've been made alive. That's what quicken means, to give life, to make alive. Your once dead fleshly body has been given the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit, 
and it courses through you like fire in your bones. So why do you live the life that you live? Why are you subject to fear? Why are you subject to doubt? Why are you subject to the cares of this world? You know why people wear masks? Not because it has anything to do with anything in this pandemic. I'm sorry if you believe that. If you're foolish enough to believe that the mask they tell you to wear will stop a microscopic virus from getting into you, then you really don't understand how things work. But I have discovered, a brother of mine that uh, a couple of weeks ago said, the problem is people have a fear of death. Those of us that have been born again have no fear of death. This world cannot kill me. Only my Heavenly Father decides. When I die. But I believe I'm going to fly. I don't believe that I'm going to die. So Paul's belief, what he's trying to get across to the church in Corinth was to be focused on the resurrection power of Almighty God. And that's what motivated him in the difficulties. That's what motivated him to face danger and death for the sake of the Lord. Remember Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Adonai, Yeshua, HaMashiach, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he's able even to subdue all things to himself. Romans 8.23, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of the body. This world right now is groaning. It's groaning for the return of the king. And I believe I just heard the Lord say it's groaning for the church, for his remnant to rise up and do something about it. It's groaning and crying out for someone that would defend it, someone that would stand up for it, someone that would look into the darkness and the chaos and the demonic manifestations and say, no more in the name of Jesus. Sit down, shut up, don't move until I tell you to. See, the people Paul was speaking to, the the Greeks and the Romans of that time, they didn't They didn't conceive of a future resurrection. And so the Corinthian believers were struggling with it. Paul was getting them to understand, rest upon it. This is what you hope for, the blessed hope of his return, the blessed hope of your physical redemption. This is not our home. This is not our place. We don't belong here, but as long as we're here, we're called to tarry. As long as we're here, we're called to be an occupying army. Babies shouldn't be hacked up in the womb. Their body parts shouldn't be sold. Children shouldn't be sold to wealthy global elite and political elite and rich elite to do debauched, disgusting things to. But right now, it would seem that the enemy is more powerful than the church. And that enrages me. 
That's why I cry out every day, Lord, send us, send me, fund us, give us the money, we'll roll. We'll roll right over the top of this enemy. We'll put him on the run. But see, like Paul, I know. I rest in what I know about my Heavenly Father. I rest in what I know about the Lord, not about how I feel. This isn't about feelings. This is about knowing. It's about knowing who you know and what you know. I know who my daddy is. I know who my Lord is. I know who I am in him. Psalm 46.10 tells me, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 100 verse 3, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Paul was encouraging the church in Corinth not to lose heart. That no matter what, God would raise them up with Yeshua. It just seems to me as I look and I read the post and I read how scared the church is. I read how quickly people that should be strong became sheeple. Bah, bah, tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to wear. Where's the church that turned the world upside down? Where are the ones that said, I don't know if it's right to do this and that. I just know that I have to listen to the Lord. I have to do what the word of the Lord says. Where are those people? Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Psalm 31, verse 24. Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Are you listening? Those who wait for the Lord, who expect, who look for, who hope in Him, they shall change, and they shall renew their strength and their power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. I have a thing for eagles. If you don't know that about me already, you haven't been paying attention. My wife can tell you that. Even before I got saved, I had a thing for eagles. Mostly back then because eagles were solitary, they flew alone. But then once I got saved, I realized it was something he had placed inside of me. But I understand eagles. I understand how they fly. You know, they don't flap their wings to catch a current. They stay on their perch wherever they are, and they wait. They wait. They can sense. They wait for a current that will carry their weight. And then they just lean into it. They spread their wings, and they rise up on that current. They're always riding the currents. Glorious, majestic, 
eagles. We're called to rise up. As I've been calling you, remnant, rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Call for the spirit inside of you. Rise up. Cry out. Fear not. Rise up. Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing to your brothers and sisters. Look what they're doing to your sons and your daughters. Look what they're doing to your life. To this nation. To the people that want to do right. Look what the enemy's done. He's taken over apparently everything that has any influence and power. And he's using it fully to his advantage. And the church is either going along with it and kneeling to it. Or they're hiding in fear. Well, if you've, if you've knelt to that, you've already lost. I can tell you right now, I know myself and some with me, we will not kneel to anything but to the Lord. We will not kneel to any man. We will not kneel to any denomination. We will not kneel to any government or any politics. But we will stand and we will rise up. We're not afraid. It's crazy. Yep. Crazy things are going on. Demonic, satanic things are going on. But see, I have peace. As that song says, peace like a river flows through me. Why? John fourteen twenty seven. peace I leave with you. My own peace now, I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. I hear you, Lord. You're speaking to me. I watch the news. I get agitated. I get disturbed by what I see. But right now, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I claim for me and all of you, I speak it into you, that peace, that John 14, 27, peace. John sixteen thirty three. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulations and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. See, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. He's taken captivity captive. He's delegated all his authority to us. The church needs to hear this. The church needs to stop pandering and stop having their ears tickled and stop worrying about this and worrying about that. We need to be who we've been called to be. We need to focus on the glorious future we have with Messiah, who is in it, it gives us endurance and power in any kind of trouble. Our outward man, our physical body, this earthen vessel, this mortal flesh, this tent, this fragile thing which houses his spirit. But because we have faith in him and the future resurrection, what we experience in the here and now doesn't matter because we are renewed day to day, glory to glory. So just like Paul, 
I can continue to preach with courage and determination. See, I've resolved myself as I prayed for the direction, for the porch, for whether overwatch or reflections in the dark or whatever he wants me to do. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to tone it down. I'm not going to pander to the masses and the crowds who wanted a specific way. I made that mistake once before. For a few years, I got sidetracked by trying to fit in, by trying to do what the others were doing because they were profiting from it. And then at the end of it, it ended so miserably and and ugly because I was never supposed to be a part of it. I was delivered. But over the last couple of years, trying to find footing, trying to get things done, struggling with the documentary because of various attacks and setbacks and then this pandemic, you get frustrated. You lose your focus. But over the last couple of days, but especially today as I'm meditated on this word and prepared to come bring it to you, I've decided I won't shut up. I won't do what the world wants me to do. I won't do what the church wants me to do. I'm not going to do what others want me to do. I'm going to do what the Spirit of the Lord tells me to do. I saw this quote by a man named William Gurnall. I don't know who he is. I should have looked it up. I normally do. But the quote struck me. It says, cowards never won heaven. Do not claim that you are the begotten of God and have his royal blood running in your veins unless you can prove your lineage by this heroic spirit. And listen to what I'm about to say. Cowards never won heaven. Don't claim that you are the begotten of God and have his royal blood running in your veins unless you can prove this one thing. That you will, be, you will dare to be holy in spite of men and demons. Will you dare to be holy? Will you stop trying to fit in? Will you stop going along? So like Paul, since we consider and look not at the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal, they're brief, they're fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. That doesn't mean ignore it. It means don't keep looking at it. You're perishing. The world is perishing. But our faith is not in the here and now. Our faith is in the eternal. We are to look, or we, look, we are to consider, we are to contemplate, we are to press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which is God in Messiah Yeshua. That's the upward calling. That's what we should fix our eyes on. Not on politics, not on men, not on women, not on this world, not on a fallen world system. We should have our eyes fixed on him. Because do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. 1 Corinthians nine twenty four. 
that prize, that crown, that laurel, that, that garland. There are a number of crowns that you get when you go before the Lord. But any crown that he has waiting for us is incorruptible. It doesn't rust. It doesn't break. But it's heavenly. It's not earthly. So many people in this world, they want the earthly crown. They want the validation. They want all that goes with it. That's not us. So in order not to lose heart, we need to shift our focus from the temporal to the eternal. We need to shift our focus from the fleshly to the spiritual, from the earthly to the heavenly. We need to shift our focus to Yeshua. He is the promise. He is the relationship. He is the the amen of the Father. That's what we're called to do. He's the focus of our service. He's the focus of our love. He is our everything. And we should be willing not only to share in his life and his glory, but also the things he suffered. Oh, we don't want to suffer. We don't want pain. We are his. And the Holy Spirit, the power of the new covenant, the power that created everything, resides in us. It walks with us. It teaches us. It encourages us. It is the guarantee of a glorified body. It is the guarantee that when the end comes, no matter how it comes, we step off into eternity. We step into paradise. We step into perfection. We walk in liberty. We walk in power. I don't care what the world says. I don't care. I don't care what the demons say. But we better understand that we need to walk daily in in the renewal of our spirit. We need to feed it. We need to give it the water of the word and the bread of the word. We need to understand we're in a war. We don't belong here. We were supposed to subject the enemy and the church abdicated. But those of us have risen up like the resistance in World War II as the Nazis rolled over the top of the world and beat them into quick subjection. There was a resistance. There were people in the hills, farmers, regular people that said, no, we will not submit. And they drove the Nazis crazy. They stalled the Nazi blitzkrieg long enough for the Allies to get into the fight. Well, folks, we should be stalling things long enough for the the kingdom of heaven, for the armies of heaven to get into the fight. We should be doing what we were supposed to do before, except now we're the remnant. We should have been the ruling army. We should have been subjecting Hasatan and the fallen. But instead, now we're the resistance. We should be moving in signs and wonders. We should be moving in agape love. So everything going on right now, it doesn't matter. We've got a precious treasure, the divine light of the Holy Spirit, the the light of the gospel in these vessels, these frail human vessels, but it is grander. It is exceedingly great. And the power that it shows is from God, not from us. Oh yeah, we're hedged in. We're pressed on every side. We're troubled. We're oppressed in every way. But listen to me, Satan, we're not, we're not crushed. 
We're not destroyed. Oh, we may suffer embarrassments, and, and at times we may not understand. We get perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are pursued. We're persecuted. But we're not deserted. We don't stand alone. He stands with us, and we stand together. And we may get struck down to the ground, but we are never destroyed. We are walking with the resurrection power of the King of kings and the Lord of lords in our body. And we have the same spirit of faith. And we won't shut up. We will speak. We are assured that all these things taking place are temporal. So we won't get discouraged. We won't get exhausted. And we won't get weary because we know who we are. So, Father, right now, bestow upon your children a quickening in their mortal body. Bestow upon them the gift of the Holy Spirit if they don't have it. Let them speak in tongues. Let them glorify you in a heavenly language. Let them lay hands on the sick and recover. Let the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. Let's raise some dead people. Some of them are sitting in pews in churches all over America. Let's raise them from the dead. Let's introduce them to the glorious Messiah, the King of Kings, and the resurrection power that they've heard so much about but never seen. Lord, use us. Fund us. Turn us loose. Help us. Heal us. Our bodies are broken. But right now, you can heal every bit. You can cause those bones come back together. You can cause the tissue to be replaced. You can cause the DNA to create cells that go back to their divine design. You can speak it from heaven, and we can speak it from inside ourselves. We need healing in our heart. We need healing in our minds, our souls, and our spirit so that we can speak in your love. We can see with eyes that are not distracted or not there are no scales we can see people as you see them lord to all those people out there right now think that what they're doing is right but they're puppets of the enemy i pray that they would have the moment i had when my eyes opened and i realized that i was a puppet that i had no power that i had no control that i'd been manipulated my entire life by forces i could not see that i realized i needed a savior Lord, open their eyes, open their hearts, raise it up the remnant. Raise them up, Lord. Show them their swords, sharpen their swords. Send them, Lord. Send the ones you want us to train. Send the ones you want us to help. Send them. But Lord, we can't do this without you. Holy Spirit, we can't do this without you. And Father, most of all, we can't do this without you because we're trying to do it for you. Knit us together. Make everything wrong right. And bless us, Lord, please. Bless us, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Bless us going in. Bless us going out. Bless us lying down. Bless us rising up. Let us be what you need us to be in this time, in this moment. And let us shine. I pray all these things. And if you're in agreement with me, just simply say, Amen. Write me. Tell me. The Lord speaking to you. Has he done something with you? Do you need some help? you need some direction, folks? We're in this together. This, not this nonsense of the world. We are a family. We are an occupying army. May the Lord bless you 
and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn. Learn smarter. This weekend at Kohl's, take an extra 15% off. Save on men's and women's denim. Get Under Armour shoes for the family, $59.99 and under. And pick up a Power XL air fryer, just $84.99. Plus, take an extra $10 off your back-to-school purchase of $50 or more. Plus, store drive-up. And get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles, 15% off with promo code Notebook and August 16th. Under Armour offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10 and August 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.